Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. great boy we have a strong presence of the Lord last week and um, there's so much about this whole following Jesus stuff that I'm feels like I'm learning fresh again October we're going to be planting an extension service in downtown Calgary Britain Steve will be leading that <laughs> we feel it's important to be sent back into our city again uh, I hope you have some these prayer cards you're writing people's names in there and praying for people and then uh, the, as the Lord gives you the opportunity to invite them back to our Easter service. Um, the um, statistics say that somewhere around 80 to 85 people will, would come to a church if they were invited. And so it's simply a matter of extending an invitation. Uh, if the Lord puts them in front of you, speak up. So say, come on, come on to the petting zoo. Apparently there's frisky goats coming. That's what the lady from Butterfield Acres said. They're going to be frisky goats. I love little animals. And, um, and so this is really exciting. Um, yeah, so Easter invitations, growth nights, small groups, extension service, lots going on here. Um, there's been a, there's been a, a simple, tr- uh, not a simple, a fairly traumatic trend in our city with job loss. And last week we prayed specifically for our jobs. And um, I expect those prayers to be specifically answered. Right, because we we function under a different economy, and um, and the trends of giving within our church over the last number of uh, months have been significantly downward. And here's one thing I know: is God has been incredibly faithful, and I don't, I'm not stressed about that at all. Uh, but I am uh, wanting us to be aware: there's a few things we need to do in terms of maintenance uh, within our within uh, the, on the building here. Um, I know that's not always that motivational to fix furnaces and stuff, but um, we're really, really proud of our team that's managed our costs and kept all of our expenses down, and it continues to keep them down. But uh, we just want to make you aware of that, and we will be, um, we'll be explaining that a little bit more in the month of May. And so we get to talk about that at that point. Take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, Galatians chapter 3, if you would please, this morning. It is my great pleasure to preach the gospel to you. Um, I am a, I'm a becoming just a gospel fanatic. And, uh, be, well, because it's the power of God, and I need, I need power in my life. And if your gospel doesn't have power, it's not, not the biblical gospel. And um, Paul said I, that he actually said like one of his primary motivations was to preach, just preach Christ and him crucified. And I've, as you think about, as I've thought about that, I've thought that um, really, Paul, was it only, did you only preach about salvation and not like an overcoming life and not like, and, and as I realized that in the cross, there is the overcoming life and in the cross, you've got everything. <laughs> and um, and so, so this morning, I want to talk about blessing and about the blessing of God, our, um, our, our theme is one by one. The first one is the one who won. Last week, I can't remember what it was, but t- today it's now we win. That's my title for today. Galatians chapter three, 
And, uh, and this happens to me many times. Passages I've read, I read them again and I'll go, really? That was there all the time? I think it was Mark Twain that said, it's not the things about the Bible that I don't know that bother me, it's the things that I do know about the Bible that bother me. And so there are, there, are, there are revelations that keep going layer after layer after layer. And this is one of them for me in uh, Galatians chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse 6. He says, in the same way Abraham believed God, so God declared him righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are all those who put their faith in God. What's more? I love that. The scriptures look forward to this time when God would accept the Gentiles too. That's us. On the basis of their faith. God promised this good news to Abraham long ago. That was a long time ago. When he said, all nations will be blessed through you. And so it is. All who put their faith in Christ share the same blessings Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, cursed is everyone who does not obey and observe all these commands that are written in God's book of the law. Consequently, it's clear that no one can ever be right with God by trying to keep the law, for the scripture said it is through faith that a righteous person has life. How different from this way of faith is the way of the law, which says if you wish to find life by obeying the law, you must obey all of its commands. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. I have wow in my edge of my Bible. When he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in scripture, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And through the work of Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, Gentile Lord, with the same blessings that he promised to Abraham. And we Christians receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. And then the last verse, verse 29 of that same chapter, it says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And now all, can you say all? All the promises belong to you. All the promises. This is, this is like a mind-blowing scripture for me. And I've, I actually have got a little bit, I, I can, this, this can happen as I can get a little bit tied in a knot because you read through that, all that Old Testament stuff and says, you got to do this, 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 and then you'll be blessed. And yet when you read stuff like this, is that all who belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham, you are his heirs. And now all of the promises God gave to him belong to you. The promises of Abraham, they now belong to us. And he said he's gonna bless all nations through Abraham and anybody that blessed you would be, would be blessed. And now just think of that, that's us. This is, this is really, really great news. Commonly called the gospel, good news. And the term was not used very often in classic Greek, and it actually meant the too good to be true news. It's almost too good to be true. 
So this is really, really exciting for me. And I, and I just want to share about the word this morning. I loved that, that we sang, you were the word in the beginning. And I just want to share point number one here um, about, about the word, how he was the word in the beginning. And, and how sometimes for me, I find my metaphors have to stay in order. Right? So, te- so technically... Jesus was the word. He was the, in the beginning, the pre-existent one, he was the word. And now we have this word, which is the word. So Jesus and this word don't contradict each other ever. Nor does the Holy Spirit ever contradict this word ever. So, so wherever Jesus went and he healed, he now says to us that he sent his word as well to heal. Jesus was sent, apostolos, sent, and his word is as well sent. And his word now, as we allow his word to take root within our life, it can bring healing to our bodies. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. He's the word, and he was the word in the beginning. Jesus came reading the same scripture and reading and praying to the same God, but he was the word, incarnate the word. And this changed everything. He, he mixed the Great Commission with, with the goal, with then teaching them to obey. He was the teacher and he was the word. Um, in, a, in a time when only the wealthy few would receive an education, he said, no, now go teach all. There's no social distinction between people any longer. Man or woman, Jew or Gentile. He was, that's why they threatened to throw him off the cliff because he was making accessible now the word. And it said when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. And then Matthew included, and all of your mind. This, is a, this was an interesting combination. To his audience at that time, God had created everything and all things were from him. And they believed that any thought that they had, both about creation or philosophy or truth, was God's thought. And so we were to love the Lord our God with all our minds as well. Um, I don't know where this exactly fell off the rails, how we ended up thinking that, that being smart was not godly or something. <laughs> that, that we, the, the, to, to use our minds to embrace all that God has done and given is a, a wonderful thing, and it's a great gift. Jesus had a very different teaching style. When you read, so you, when you read about his teaching, so, so typically for us right now, what teaching is, is, a, is we, we show up in forums and students show up with notebooks and information is taken and poured into these empty vessels so that they can learn. And when they're asked a question of the teacher, they, kind of, they really want to know, will this be on the finals? He taught, we are, we are taught for the trans, transfer of information, not for transformation. Jesus taught for transformation. It's much different. I, I, if, any, has any, if anybody's ever been, uh, so, so here's, here's, here's how that worked, is that, is that naturally anything that changes your life, you don't need to take notes about. If you've ever been charged by a grizzly, this is a religious experience. 
I find this happens at fishing camp all the time. The boys never take notes of the stories, but they always are able to retell the stories. That change, that's what happens when you go fishing. Your life gets changed when you go fishing. You, they're able to tell the stories again. Why? Because they're moments that, inter, that impacted your life. You don't need to take notes for those. Does it, any, anybody, when your first child arrived, did you take notes about how it felt? No, it just went, oh, I'm a, I'm a daddy. And you, and you can recall that with unbelievable clarity. I can remember the moment that Christ came to me or I came to Christ, whatever happened that day. I remember the moment, I remember the emotion, my entire being, spirit, soul, and body, my entire, with all of my mind, while I was racing to get things in order, it was like mind-blowing what happened. My life was totally and completely transformed that day. In that moment, old things passed away and all things, all things became new. I became a new creature in Christ. I am no longer a mere mortal. I am a minimum of one-third Holy Spirit. This is a big deal. When you come to faith in Christ, that's what happens. It changes everything. And somehow we get the funny idea that once we come to Christ, from that point on, now we have to earn the rest of our salvation. It's not true. That's no longer good news. It, it, it's, now that I have to go kill little sheep, that's not good news. And all of, right? No more boiling goats in milk, whoever does that anyway. Uh, it's all, so I've been delivered from the curse of the law. So one, this is a wonderful experience. Jesus, is, Jesus was a warrior, and he fought different than anybody else in history. Many picture him as a well-meaning but rather naive guru who wandered the countryside in a flowy toga, sharing nice folksy wisdom and catchy sayings, and just coincidentally sparked a movement that he would never have anticipated. Nothing could be further from the truth. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was sent from God. He was the word in the beginning, the pre-existent one. Paul would have been one of the most learned scholars of his day who studied under the most and highly respected Rabbi Gamaliel. And if Jesus was the amiable sage that they say he was and Paul the genius theologian, how could Paul ever say that it was in Christ in whom are hidden all treasures and wisdom and knowledge? Never saying that about his rabbi. Jesus stumped the smartest and stooped to the lowest. How do you measure influence? Or who could ever challenge the impact of Jesus' thinking today, if you can imagine, the Gospels, which is the record of his life. They've been translated into 2,527 languages. The second most translated book in history is Don Quixote, which is translated into 60 languages. There's nobody like him. There was no one ever like him, and nor will there ever be anyone like him. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen Big Daddy. And if you want to know what he's like, look at me. 
And if we're not careful by spending too much time simply in the Old Testament or too much time simply in the epistles without spending a whole bunch of time in the Gospels getting to know what's God really like, you'll never know outside of the Scriptures and the revelation of Jesus who was the Word, who is the Word. And he said, when you see me, you've seen the one that created me and created everything around you. This is Jesus, the one who won. The truth that transforms us does not transform us automatically. You need to take the word and you need to plant it. And don't expect any fruit if the word doesn't have any roots within you. This is a process. Many times, I don't know how we missed it, but the spiritual laws and natural laws are many times very parallel. They're much the same. And so Jesus would have to say, okay, you understand how a seed works? Mm -hmm. That sometimes you put it in this ground and it doesn't grow. He wasn't specifically giving a horticultural illustration. He was telling us what the word does when it's planted within your life. When it's planted in your life, and we're told in, in, in um, Psalm chapter 1, when, that, when those roots go down deep, it doesn't matter what season it's in, you will always bear fruit. There is no curse strong enough to cancel the truth of God. The blessing of Jesus is much too powerful. Like he said to Balaam, I, he said, I can't, Balaam said, I can't curse him because God's blessed him. And once we realize that we are the blessed, we cannot be cursed. This is a very, very big deal. This is great news for us. This is such good news for us. To be aware of scientific discoveries, I think, is important because they're finally starting to catch up with the Bible. And I think that even more parallel to, to spiritual principles are quantum principles, quantum mechanics and quantum physics that you can't quite, where you can't see stuff. But he used this illustration, you see, if you understand how a seed works, you can understand how the kingdom of God works. It's that simple. But what can happen also is that the seed can get stolen before it even gets into your heart. It can be stolen halfway through a message. You get the truth, it'll, or in the morning, you have a, you have, maybe you only have a 10-minute devotional, but, but we're told that if we take that and we carry it with us throughout the day, that it can actually push roots down within our, into our life. Very powerful. God is consistent, always consistent. And until the word is planted, it will not bear fruit. You can read it, you can memorize it, but it won't change you until it's planted and you are able to draw up from the richness of the love when those roots go down and it draws up and then it becomes part of our life. This is a transformational power of the gospel. One of the most hopeful passages in the New Testament is in Mark chapter 4 where he says he talks about the lamp, how a lamp is to reveal everything. That's why you have a lamp is to illuminate stuff. And the word is to re reveal truth to us. That's what it's meant to do is to reveal truth. And he said that those things are hidden, they're going to be revealed. God's not trying to hide truth from us. It's in our blind states that we're not able to receive and understand truth. And so when we come in contact with truth, we have a decision to make. You ever heard anybody say, well, the Holy Spirit has revealed this to me. The, the quest, next question to me was, where does, where does that align with the scripture? Because the Holy Spirit will not speak in contradiction to his word. He, this, is how they, this is how they work. They're tight, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, really tight. 
And the father, he talks about, he says, have you seen my son, Jesus? He's unbelievable. Holy Spirit says, that's ah, Jesus. He, this father, he's got this great truth. You know, can I, I want to share this truth because one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to take the truth and reveal it to us. This is one of his jobs. He says, that truth is so amazing. The word so consistent with the father's heart, so, so consistent with Jesus' activities on earth. It's amazing. They never contradict each other. So I really believe that the Holy Spirit reveals this stuff, but never in contradiction to his word. Never in contradiction to his word. That's important that we, under, we understand that because we also have very active imaginations. We spoke about that last week. And so we need to have ears to hear. Point number, uh, th- th- next point. <laughs> the, the, that word, John chapter 1 verse 1 says the word, the, the, Bible, the, the Greek word there is logos. Logos is actually a hard term when you, if, as you study that, you'll, you'll see that it's a very complicated term. But it's, but it's a comprehensive term. And it, mo- and it means much like, the, like it's the integrity and the consistency of God and who he is. It's everything that came before and everything that will come after. It's the, it's the, it's the process, the logical process of everything God has spoken from the beginning and, in, and its eventual outcome of that word. In 2 John, it says, the, the thing that we're telling you, this, you've heard this from the beginning. We're not telling you something new. If you read 2 John chapter 4, he says, this stuff about Jesus, it's been from the beginning. This is not a new revelation. The, G, Abraham had the revelation. And so the logos of God, which is, the, which is the, I like to think of it just as the logic. When you get off the word, you enter into a danger zone and end up in extra biblical weirdness. And we depart from light into darkness. When we leave the word, we leave Jesus. You, you can't have an intimate relationship with the lordship of Christ and not be intimate with his word. That's how connected the, those two are. I'm getting, coming to a very important point. This is foundational. One of the functions of the Holy Spirit was to lead us into all truth, not into new truth. He was to lead us into all truth. So there's nothing new under the sun. So the Holy Spirit's function in your life, as you've invited him to your life, he'll lead you into truth. It's very easy for us to begin, start a process in the right path and then end up kind of wonky over here if we don't have a plumb line to anchor us back to the word. We can take a thought and we can wander off in a never-never land. We have that ability. And the only way we keep that, our mind harnessed and we bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ is staying tethered to the word of God. Are you getting my point this morning? I'm trying to say something about the word, how important it is in our life. But Jesus was the word. This metaphor is, is wild for me. He was, there's never any inconsistency between the word of God, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and the heart of God. John chapter 5 and verse 39, he says to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures for in them you, you think they will give you eternal life, but they simply testify of me who's standing right in front of you and you're unwilling to come to me. Can somebody study the scriptures and miss Jesus? Yes. Apparently, yes. I actually, I have a lot of, uh, 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 some affinity with the Pharisees. And so do you. Many times we function like Pharisees. We love God, but we've got our traditions. Traditions. We do. I think the Pharisees love God. They love them a lot. And they didn't just tithe with their money. They tithe with their herbs. Who does that? Right? 
Here's a little rosemary for you, Jesus, and a whole bunch for us. The basil, we need a little more for the pasta this weekend. You, but we'll give you 10%. It's strange. The law. <clears throat> he says that you search the scriptures, be, for, for in them you think that they will give you life, but they testify of me. If the word is not abiding in us, we will not understand and identify Christ in the scriptures. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Not just dwell in you, but dwell in you richly. The words I speak, he said, are life and they are spirit. How do we get to the Father? No one comes to the Father except by me. You can insert there except by the word. This is fascinating, isn't it? And it says that in, in, in um, Romans chapter 10 about how that, that about, about the word and about the spirit and how they testify. Um, uh, and this fascinating scripture, John 17 and 7 verse 17, if, he says, if you want to know if the things that I'm teaching are accurate and right, here's the only way you'll know. I don't know if you've read that before or not. This, is, this, was, this was interesting to me. And, um, and he goes, it says like this. He says, anybody, he says this. So Jesus said to them, I'm not teaching my own ideas, but those of God who sent me. This is, this is how important it is that you get. We understand this. So, so I'm not teaching my own ideas, but those of God who sent me. Anybody who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teachings from God are merely my own. If you, so did, did, did you hear what that said? That said you'll never know if these teachings are true or not unless you're willing to obey them. Unless you're willing to operationalize them in your life, you won't know. You won't, they'll just be nice, folksy sayings. Yet do unto others as we'd have them do unto you. Great. Well, unless you've taken a piece of full scap and written down how you would like to be treated, and then you're now acting that way, that's just a nice saying, isn't it? Just nice. He said, unless you're willing to do this stuff, you'll never know if it's real or not. I find this the most exciting life ever. And I find a scripture and something as simple as our as Pastor Stephen here said. He said, you know, about given it shall be given. Well, he didn't say that, but he implied that. Well, the, when you, just to think. That here's, Jesus effectively says this, I know how this plays out. I, you may not think I'm an economics professor, but here's what I do know. You watch me, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You go, oh, I don't know, I've been around Christmas and birthdays, pretty good. Well, unless you're willing to try that out, you won't know whether it's true or not. You gotta take the word and put some leather into it, pop that clutch, papa, and get her into high gear to see if she's gonna work or not. This is, this is wonderful for me to see that. When we depart from that, we end up being to and fro, we end up to and flow and blown around by every wind of doctrine. Let's be people of the word, not people that just listen to sermons, listen to podcasts. Let's be those people who take the word of God, get it into our life and walk it out every day. Let's be those type of people. I want us to be that type of person. Amen. All right, so, so he said, that this good news, uh, the good news um, about the gospel, it has, it has to do when Jesus, wherever Jesus went, he shared the good news, the good news of hope, the good news of healing, the good news of deliverance, and the good news of provision. Um, and I want to pray for provision for people this morning. I feel that's what the Lord wants us to do. The, the, the good news of the blessing, 
that you are blessed. I don't know if you feel like it or look like it. It doesn't really matter. The truth is, according to his word, we're blessed. That's a big deal, right? Because we may not feel like it. And if, as followers of Jesus, and we, we get in that boat with Jesus, we end up in storms. But unless you empower storms and give them power in your life, they, don't, they shouldn't, she shouldn't rock your boat, baby. They shouldn't do that. Because, because like Jesus, we can now speak to storms. This is wonderful to think. So wherever he went, that's what he did. And then he did, and this other thing he did was, to, uh, was talk about this acceptable year of the Lord, which is the year of Jubilee, that all debts were canceled, that you can live debt-free. Is now on the books for you. Like, like, what a great thing. But more than just the debt of finances, the debt of sin was canceled for us. He, so, so even, and the ability to even take that, the thing that is accusing you, that law that's accusing you, saying you're not good enough, you haven't done enough. That law, it says in Colossians, was nailed to that cross. So there's no grounds for you to be accused on any longer. What great news that is. Okay, I think you get it. All debts, all and all penalties of debts were canceled. Because when you broke the law, the result was you would be cursed. And I don't know if you've ever read Deuteronomy 28 like that or not before. But so curses of poverty, of broken hearts, of captivity, about bruising and about blindness have all now been canceled. Good news. Paul said, I'm determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Christ who paid for our sin and delivered us from the curse of the law. He was bruised for my sickness and he was chastened for my peace and he conquered death. You and I now get to interpret life through the cross. This is really good news. Holy Spirit, wake us up from our slumber today as Pastor Lauren brings her down the backstretch. Covenants that come into collision. And let me just harp on this one more time. Has anybody ever taken out Deuteronomy 28 before and got really depressed and you can't get past chapter, chapter 20, verse 2, where it says, if you would obey, fully obey the Lord your God by keeping all the commands, okay, I'm done. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? That's depressing. It's no longer good news. Are you, are you with me? It's no, that's no longer really good news. Okay, what it sort of says is, I lost. So he says, if you will fully obey the Lord, your God, fully obey. Huh. By keeping all, circle all the commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will exalt you above all, circle all, the nations of the world, and you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Good luck. How are you doing with that? All, the all. The stuff we know and the stuff we don't know. Because one of the definitions of sin is to know to do something good and don't do it. How are you doing with that? You know you're supposed to love your spouse better. Mm, not doing that, that. Okay? That. Okay. So here we go. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, tells me that I am blessed with all spiritual blessings now in Christ. All of them. Are, are, am I missing a few? No, All. Every spiritual blessing. That's a, that, now, just say la. Plant that in that beautiful, pure soil of your heart. Let the roots go down. Think about this all week. It's a simple passage. 
that you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings, that the curses have been canceled, and now we can believe for all of the blessings. You mean that you'll be blessed in the town and in the country? Uh-huh. I believe that we're blessed in the country right here, but we're about to go back into the city and we're gonna be blessed in the city as well. Why? Because of what Christ has done. See, so he fulfilled that law fully and completely and obeyed all. Now these blessings are mine. I gotta preach this because it only makes sense if you're hearing. He who has ears, let him hear. It only makes sense. You mean all spiritual blessings, everyone? Yes, I mean all. You mean my coming and my going? Yeah, I mean coming and going. You mean that you'll be blessed with children? Yeah, fertility and productive fields? Yeah, fertility. And you'll be blessed with fertile herds and flocks? Yeah, fertility. And you'll be blessed with baskets overflowing with fruit? Yeah, abundance. With kneading bowls filled with bread? Uh-huh. That you'll, this is obvious, this is not, this is not a gluten-free diet right here. That you'll be, you're kneading bowls and all your bread and you'll be blessed wherever you go both in your coming and in your going. And the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. I'll thank you, Father. They'll attack you one direction and they're gonna leave seven. That means they've been blown to part. They come one and they leave seven. There's arms and legs and flying everywhere. All these different parts. Jesus, let that blessing flow on your body today. Father, thank you for the blessing of your people that in Christ today, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing, everyone. I thank you, Father, that when the enemy comes at us one way, he's just gonna bounce right off and leave seven ways. Father, I thank you that we are the head and we're not the tail any longer. We are those who are give, we are givers, and we are those who will lend. We are those who are blessed in the country and we're blessed in town. You're blessed today because you're in the country and when you drive back into your towns, you're gonna be blessed in your towns. Why? Because he can't withhold a blessing. All he does is blessing. That is very, very good news. That's too good to be true news. That's the gospel. And I wrap up with this. In the Old Testament, the blessings were conditional upon a person's performance, but in the New Testament, it's based on Jesus Christ. When you place your faith in Christ, we get everything that God provided, whether we deserve it or not. In the Old Testament, they got what they deserved. In the New Testament, they never got what they deserved. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing. In the, Old, in, the New, in the Old Testament, you had to jump through all the hoops, make the sacrifices to fulfill the requirements. But in the New Testament, everything has already been provided in Christ and we receive it by receiving Him. And if we receive Him, we receive everything. He is the one who won. That's wonderful. If you know Him as Savior, you're blessed. If you don't know Him this morning, it'd be my great joy to introduce you to Him the one who won. And when we come to him, we become some of the greatest winners in the entire universe. This is a wonderful day that you can know Christ personally and be found in him. Not in having a righteousness of your own, but having a righteousness of his. Faith, righteousness in the one who won. Would you stand with me, please? Father, your word is too perfect for an imperfect person to communicate it completely. But I believe that your spirit was communicating truth to the hearts of your people. That Christ alone is what we need, is all we need. And when we have you, we have all we need. And Lord, if there's one this morning, they're either running from you instead of running to you. Let Give them a fresh vision of what it's like, what it would be like to be around Jesus, how people flock to him. 
and how absolutely attractive you are. Lord, we cancel the lies of the law. We cancel the lies of the accuser. We cancel, Lord, those lies that have tried to keep us from seeing you fully and completely and beautifully and perfectly. Father, I thank you for the beauty of Christ and the beauty of your word. And I thank you, your word, Lord, the entrance of your word brings great light. And today your light, the light has come because your word has come. Now confirm your word with signs following in Jesus' name. If you don't know Christ, Savior, I'd like to pray for you today. What you need to do is make a public confession of that by coming, by somehow either putting up your hand, talking to the person beside you. Somehow you gotta do something publicly, something to make an act as an act of faith. If you'd like to come back to Christ, you've ran from him and you wanna come back to him, we're here to pray for you. If you've set some financial goals and you feel that they're starting to feel impossible to hit, this morning I wanna pray for financial breakthrough for people. This is what honestly I feel is the word of the Lord over us today. So I'm going to give you about 30 to 40 seconds to respond to that and come forward very quickly if you would please. Any one of those three. Just close your eyes for a moment as I invoke the word of the Lord over your life. Father, I can confirm what your word is saying. I can't generate your word. I can repeat your word. I can't make it real. Only your Holy Spirit can make it real. I believe you've moved on every one of these people's hearts today. And you know the miracle that they need, whether it's coming to you or whether it's uh, coming back to you or whether it's for financial breakthrough. You know, only you know their hearts. I don't know their hearts. But today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare the acceptable year of the Lord, the favor of the Lord over these homes in the name of Jesus. And I release the provision that's theirs, that new ideas would come, that new understanding would come, that, that the, any condemnation could be ripped out of the heart of every man and woman here that's, that's heard words of accusation that you gotta do something more to receive the blessing of God. Today in the name of Jesus, we cancel the lies and the curses over these lives and these hearts in Jesus' name. And I pray for supernatural breakthrough that they can only attribute to your presence, oh God, and your direction. I agree with your word that's alive within their heart today. And I bless them with the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ that they are complete in Christ today. And now, Father, I ask that you would confirm your word over their lives with great signs following this week. And we thank you, Lord, that we are containers of this great news of blessing and favor and through those doors walk men and women full of favor and full of faith and blessed beyond measure in the name of Jesus amen God bless you your release go and change your world we hope this message has impacted you for more information about what's going on please check out our website at myc3church.ca now go change your world